That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food, fitness, and mental health come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on MTK, Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, a podcast where we believe your mental health is just as important as your physical health. I'm Sadie. I'm Sasha. Welcome to another Holy Shit, Our Weeks Are Super Busy. We're recording from the office and from home episode. If you're watching us on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Kitchen, I think is what our URL is. Or just I think so. Up. Yeah, just, just <laughs> search. Put it in the search bar. You like to see the dumb faces we make when we talk about shit or the shit we use our hands to talk about when yeah. we talk about shit. You can check us out on YouTube. Um, but yeah, today is a mental health check. It's the last day or it's the last Monday of September and it is time to talk about some shit, my friend. Yeah. So we've been kind of going back and forth. Um, and so a lot of times we don't plan the mental health checks. It's mm-hmm. kind of usually based upon what we're personally going through or things that we see some of our followers may be dealing with. And so this month we decided to focus on uh, PTSD. Um, I think that a lot of, uh, our listeners out there in some way, shape or fashion have experienced it or have had to deal with it. And so we thought that we would talk about it, what it is, how it can affect people and manifest in your life. Um, and then share kind of some of our struggles and how we have acquired tools in order to put ourselves in a, a better position to handle it when it crops up. Yes, and welcome to what we call the disclaimer part of the introduction of the podcast. We are not therapists. We do not claim to be therapists. We are not trying to be therapists. We are two individuals that have a lot of fucking mental baggage that have been to a lot of therapy sessions, and we've learned a thing or two that we'd like to share for free because therapy's fucking expensive in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about real shit. We're going to talk about catastrophic traumatic events. We're going to talk about the results of those things. Like, it's Trigger warning, if any of those things bother you, feel free to hit pause and join us again next week. We won't take it personally. We're going to cover some heavy shit today. So, yes. Strap in. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Whew. So. PTSD. It fucking wrecks your life. PTSD. Okay, I did the comedic relief part of the serious episode. Now we can continue. Yes. Uh, So what is PTSD really? Uh, So PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, we'll refer from now on in the episode to it as PTSD because post-traumatic stress disorder is and can be a a tongue twister. So according to the Mayo Clinic, if you want to read up on everything, uh, I linked the article down below, um, but According to Mayo Clinic, PTSD is a mental health condition that is triggered by a terrifying event, either experiencing it or witnessing it. And symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about a specific event. And PTSD has a lot of stigma attached to it because when you hear the term PTSD, nine times out of 10, the way that it's been framed to you is that you're going to think of a, of a military veteran because that's what you hear most PTSD cases be about. But PTSD can, can manifest in a bunch of different ways. And we're going to talk about that shortly, but like 
you can have PTSD if you're not in the military. Like, we're not saying that you have PTSD. We're just saying these are the signs of, and this is what it is. Again, not therapists, not doctors. If you think you have something wrong with you, go talk to them. Like, because PTSD, anxiety disorders in general and depression share a lot of common traits. Mm -hmm. So it can be really hard to tell them apart. And they can be a Venn diagram. So if you are feeling some of these things to the point where you're like, fuck, maybe I should get help. Yes, maybe you should. Please mm -hmm. do talk to a pro. Um, if you need resources, you can always hit us up. Hello at meheadtestkitchen.com. But PTSD is, it, it's got a lot of symptoms. Um, they can appear very differently from person to person, but can include the following. Intrusive memories. Um, they can include recurrent, unwanted, distressing memories of a traumatic event. Reliving that traumatic event as if it were happening again, which are flashbacks. Um, upsetting dreams or nightmares about the traumatic event or severe emotional distress or physical reactions to something that reminds you of that event. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we will give our personal experiences here in a little bit, but thought that at the top that it was important to go through what some of the signs and symptoms are in case maybe you've been trying to figure out what may be happening with you and to maybe point you in the right direction to reach out to somebody and be like, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. Can you help? Um, another thing that can happen with PTSD is avoidance, which could look like trying to avoid thinking or talking about the traumatic event, avoiding places, activities, or people that remind you of the traumatic event. Yep. It can be. So for me, like personally, um, severe storm season in Nebraska really fucks with me. And if you follow me on Twitter, you're fully aware of this. Like I live tweet my fucking storm anxiety when it happens, because you know what? Talking about your mental health is fucking normal and you should do it. It's good for you. Mm -hmm. um, but like that storm last summer that we had where we had the hundred mm -hmm. mile an hour wind gust at the airport. Well, that's the part of the storm that went through our our area of town. Uh, and it blew up our tree in our backyard. Our tree was like 35 feet tall. It shook our house. Um, <laughs> I, I was standing in my living room, like, just like, I, I haven't been frozen in terror like that since the fucking hurricane. And again, that's what it was. It was my PTSD from the hurricane kicking in. It's like, am I going to die? Like, my friend was over and they were using the bathroom at the time and the house started to shake and we just hear like this big cracking sound as the wind comes up and I just hear swearing in Spanish. Puñeta cabrón, ¿qué haces? Oh my God, like what, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like mm -hmm. we were freaking out and that's totally normal because you know what? That's what PTSD does to you. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you have trauma, it burns itself into your nervous system and there are things that you cannot do to change it. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like, it's not giving you a, a carte blanche card to be a dick to people, but like reliving that traumatic event as if it's happening again, it can really fuck with you and it does sneak up on you. Yeah. Um, it can really suck. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> no. And like avoiding, avoiding situations, like I will make a point to not leave the house if there is even mention of severe weather because I'm mm -hmm. like, fuck that shit. I don't want to get caught off guard in my car. That's like hypervigilance sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Um, there are also negative changes in your thinking and mood. And these could be things like negative thoughts about yourself, other people, the world, um, hopelessness about the future in general, uh, memory problems, including not remembering important aspects of that traumatic event. Uh, difficulty maintaining close relationships, feeling detached from family and friends. Ooh, these two specific, the last three specifically on this list have very much affected me um, after living through some stuff, but feeling detached again from family or friends, lack of interest in activities that you once enjoyed, yeah. um, difficulty experiencing positive emotions or feeling emotionally numb. Yeah. Check, 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 <sighs> check and check. Attacked. Yeah. Such is life. Um, I mean, it can be, it can be 
shitty to, you know, feel called out like this. Um, and you can also have changes in your physical, emotional reactions, which can include but aren't limited to being easily startled or frightened. Um, always being on guard for danger, which is hypervigilance. We mentioned that a second ago. Self-destructive behavior like drinking too much or driving too fast. Um, so that can also look like self-medicating with drugs and alcohol. That can look like uh, comforting yourself with food. They can look mm -hmm. like a bunch of different things. Like you're not you're not supposed to fit into like a, a cookie cutter box. Like you're right. gonna, it's going to be some gray area, and that's why we say if you feel like you're checking some of these boxes, please go talk to a professional because they can help you sort out which thing goes where. Mm -hmm. And figure out what you're actually dealing with. Um, you could have trouble sleeping, which is going to fuck up everything in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, trouble concentrating. Irritability, angry outbursts, or aggressive behavior. Hello. Hi. How are you? My what name up? is Sasha, and <laughs> I am getting by sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Overwhelming guilt or shame. That one... Um, is close to home too. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're having a difficult time feeling like you can get your getting your life back on track in general, please reach out to someone, whether that be a friend, whether that be a medical professional to help you work through it. PTSD can lessen over time, but other times it can be very, very overwhelming. And you don't know all the time when that's going to hit, hit you. Sometimes it sneaks up on you. Um, and so being aware of and being equipped with tools to know what those cues or red flags within yourself are is very important in being able to regulate some of your emotions that come around, come up surrounding these traumatic events that have happened to you. Yeah. And like, we've talked about it before. Like I'll have a weird outburst and I'll be pissed about something where someone will be like, dude, what are you talking? Like, this isn't like you. It's probably something fucking with me under the surface. Like mm -hmm. Sasha will be like, okay, I know this isn't what's bugging you. What's going on? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Ah! But like, if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay. It yeah. happens. Um, and like we said, again, your mileage may vary. Check the bingo card, buy the t-shirt shop at herdatmedia.com. Um, but ways that PTSD can manifest from person to person is going to be very unique to you because mm -hmm. your brain chemistry is unique to you. Your experience is going to be a little or a lot different than what I'm going to talk about or what Sasha's going to talk about. And that's okay. Your mm -hmm. experience is valid. Everyone's experiences are valid, even if they don't match yours. Please remember that. Yes. I feel like that is something that more people need to fucking understand in the world. Just because someone's experience isn't the same as yours doesn't negate what they fucking went through. Oh, absolutely. Not. You don't understand it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Exactly. Um, so like, let's talk about how PTSD can look on a person. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, so like, again, I'll, I brought up storm season. So during severe storm season, uh, we had one tornado warning this year that got pretty close. So we were downstairs for it. And like, I could just feel my body tensing up and there was nothing I could do about it. I was literally going into fucking physical, like physical shock. All my muscles were tense. Like I couldn't, I couldn't move. Like I was literally frozen in fear because it was, it wasn't a super close call, but it was close enough that like we were in the box and they were sounding the sirens in the neighborhood. And I was not fucking okay with that. So like for me, it can manifest as like, physical symptoms and then after that happens you feel like shit for days because your muscles were so fucking tense that mm -hmm. once they finally relax you're just like i feel like shit um it can for me sometimes depending on what it is certain sounds um the sound of like wind coming up very very quickly 
will freak me the fuck out. Doesn't matter if if I know it's a blizzard and there's not a hurricane coming. I hear that sound and I am fucking out. Um, that's what hearing, you know, 200 plus mile an hour winds will do to you. Uh, if you've ever been in a category five hurricane, you understand what I'm talking about. If not, that's okay. I don't want you to ever have to experience it. It's pretty fucked up. But um, like even rain, even rain can do it sometimes. Just it's it's really weird. Um, certain videos, like I can't watch certain types of media anymore. Like I used to be a really big weather channel nerd and I used to watch all those shows about like weather phenomena and stuff. Those are super interesting until one of them almost fucking kills you. And then you want nothing to do with anything <laughs> to, or that surrounds it. You're just like, nope, no thanks. I'm good. Um, but that's just a few of mine. Like they can be, again, they could be very different for you. And I'm not going to go into the whole laundry list of things. Like I've got everybody has PTSD from certain events probably. And it's just mm -hmm. whether or not you actually can work through it and whether or not it actually sticks with you. I had shitty parents. I have a lot of baggage that, that is tied to that. I have very complex and very, very ridiculous PTSD from the way that my mom treated me as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. I know I'm not alone in that. Uh, I have PTSD from when my brother died. Like I don't like hospitals. I avoid them at all fucking costs. If you make me sit in a hospital room for more than five minutes, I will have a panic attack. Um, like it just like there are multiple things, but like the latest, like the latest, most recent, you know, progression of it has been this after the hurricane. So it, it looks different on everyone. And, you know, Sasha's going to talk about what her experience is, and it's probably going to be a lot different than what mine is. And that's, again, it's just as valid, even though it's different. Yeah. Um, it's for me, and it depends on what's, what traumatic event in my life that happened, I have different triggers mm -hmm. for several different things. Um, so uh, we spent a whole episode on, on talking about some painful stuff that I've been through. I won't, I won't rehash that here because I know that that can be very triggering for a lot of people. Um, but regarding that specific event, there's, I mean, there's certain movies I can't watch. There was a time, um, not very far removed from that event in my life where I was with my now husband, we were watching a movie. He knew the scene was coming up. So he covered my eyes and fast forwarded through it. Um, stuff like that, hearing about things, cases like that in the news can bring back some flashbacks. Um, I am still very hyper vigilant about making sure that all doors are locked behind me immediately. Um, I, to the point that I get pretty not, I'm not like angry, but feel like I have to reiterate constantly. This is a fear of mine. I know that you don't necessarily understand it, but please make sure that you're locking all the doors. Yeah. Um, because not because some, someone like, you know, broke into my house, but because that individual had my home address. Right. That, that was something I was very scared of. Um, when it when it comes to my parents, I was actually just kind of filling Sadie in on some stuff before we started recording because I was going to bring it up, letting her know that this may trigger her. But um, there was an instance with my mom just a couple days ago where, like, I immediately felt defensive and, like, also I was almost it's, it's it's a version of fight or flight, but I felt like I had to go in this like oh my God, my mom's unhappy and disappointed in me. And now I feel guilty and ashamed because I let her down when really I am an adult. I'm 38 years old. I've got a family. I have a job that I, is demanding right now. And I, I also have a social life outside of this. I happen to have a wedding to go to. Sorry, I forgot about it. I commit. And then the comeback from her was, was more that guilt shit was uh, make it work. 
figure it out and make it work. And I was like, okay, I will. And I did. Sorry for being inconvenient. But that kind of attitude immediately came out of me. And that's a response to everything that I went through as a kid. Mm -hmm. So it does really very much depend on what that thing might be. I still to this day, because of the way that I grew up in the household that I did, have to be very mindful in my conversations with other people that are not my parents that someone's saying something to me, maybe it's constructive criticism of some kind, but not everybody is them with the same intentions behind what they're doing. Yeah. And that shit's so hard to shed too, because you literally, you are a product of your environment. And when you marinate in that shit, your entire childhood, you come out and you're just like, I don't know anything else. I'm sorry. I'm a dick. I'm trying to be better. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes it, it, I mean, again, it comes down to that, that practicing these mindfulness things like that, but knowing what those triggers are for you and what is going to elicit those responses can be very one therapeutic, but very helpful just in your interpersonal relationships and your relationship with yourself. Yes, Because I know for me, there's a lot of and I know that for you, um, with what you've lived through, there's a lot of shame there. Mm-hmm. And for me, shame triggers anger nine times out of 10, because that is what I used as a kid to get attention. And I'll share this and maybe my husband won't be too keen on me sharing it, but we had a, a little bit of a rough patch there. And finally he was like, I feel like you just pick fights with me to pick fights. Like, do you even like me? So I like wrote, I had to write it out. I was like, I can't text you. I can't just do it over the phone. I just need to write it out. So I was like, you know what? Sometimes I feel like in order to right now, and I know we're both busy, to get some kind of a response out of you or attention, that's the way that I would get attention when I was a kid. I would start fights and overreact to things to my parents because that is when I would get some kind of attention, regardless of if it was positive or negative or constructive that was my go-to because that's what I knew got me attention. And I was like, I'm sorry that I did that, but now I know I'm doing that. But right. If I hadn't written it out and said it out loud, I would have kept doing that without realizing that that is actually what I was doing. Yeah. And like, like you said, it's, it's really hard when you grow up in a house where you don't exist unless you're doing something really bad or like screaming. Um, It sets a very awful tone for the rest of your relationships, for the people that you live with in your life, unless you get help. And then it makes it easier. And even then it's still fucking hard because you're not always going to get along. And when you don't get along, sometimes it can be really bad when your brain is predispositioned to hit the fucking panic button and go nuclear at the smallest fucking thing, because that's how it always was growing up. There was no small inconvenience. Everything was a fucking catastrophic event in my house. There was always Mm -hmm. screaming. Someone was always threatening to fucking get divorced. They were always arguing about fucking money. Then they would fucking bring me into the middle of it. It It's like, fuck all of you. I'm a kid. Like, but anyway, the intensity of these symptoms, as we've talked about, they, they can be different. They can be more intense. They can be less intense. They can vary as time goes on. You might have more symptoms when you're close to the date of an event um, or you see something that reminds you of what happened. So if you're having these symptoms, please talk to your therapist. We would also like to mention again, PTSD and depression do share a lot of symptoms. So we're not doing this episode to help. Don't use this episode to self-diagnose, please. That's not what we want you to do. Again, we're not therapists. We're not doctors. Please talk to a professional. Yeah, we just Um, wanted to make sure that we shared some of our experiences to, to, you know, and that's the other thing too. I will say this about therapy and I know that I don't want to like hammer home like you have to go to therapy because I understand that some individuals are not comfortable doing that and that's totally fine. But I will say that I know 
more often than not the difference between what is a PTSD trigger and what is actually depression. Yep. And I wouldn't have known that or gained that knowledge without talking to somebody. I also, mine does look very similar as well. Yeah. And I also learned the difference between a panic attack and an anxiety attack because people think they're the same. They are not, they are the, not same. the same. Thing. Um, <laughs> again, those tool, those tools that you get in therapy, they're invaluable if your brain's a dick. Like if, if you want to try to stick around for as long as you can, it's definitely something that we recommend trying out. It can be scary. It can suck. You might not mesh with your first doctor. All totally normal. Yep. I, I mean, I've been in therapy since I was, I think about the first time my mom took me because I was a problem child was when I was like 12. I hated that therapist. We went through like three when I was an adolescent. And then when I got older and went back because I saw the value in it when I was, you know, I just wanted to get out of the house. So I was like, sure, I'll go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went, I pro- it probably took me three or four tries to find the person that I meshed with and like actually felt heard by and just had that connection with. Yeah. It's, it can be discouraging and it, we totally understand that, but don't, I would, I would allow yourself to give yourself a little bit of time to figure out the right, the right thing, the right yes. person. And I have a friend that is a licensed therapist and she's like, dude, give, give them three or four chances. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, don't make your basis off one. You need to find out someone's personality before you really decide whether or not they're not going to work with you. Um, And also remember too, that sometimes we have walls up that we are not super aware of. And so we're resistant to wanting to open up to new people, even, especially I feel like in a clinical setting. Mm -hmm. So try to be mindful of those things too. Yeah, it, it can be hard, um, but if if you're in a bad spot, it's totally worth doing. And so we talked about, like, you know, timing of, of things happening in your life and whether or not they can trigger you further in the future. We're going to talk about the one that changed me uh, most recently and changed me to my core. Uh, this is going to be hard. Um, if you don't want to listen further, you don't have to. Uh, we're going to talk about some very, very deep, very real things. I'm going to lose my shit. Um, it's going to happen. So fair warning. Um, but here we go. We're going to talk about what happened after Hurricane Maria. I have never done this. It scares the shit out of me, but we're going to fucking do it because shit's not good in Puerto Rico right now. And you need to know what it's really like to be a person that lives there. Um, so well, I'm shaking. This sucks. Uh, Hurricane Maria happened September 20th, 2017. We're recording this on Wednesday, September 21st. So yesterday was the five year anniversary. Um, 4,645 people died. Not, not necessarily just in the storm. Some was from the storm itself. A lot of other people also died after the storm um, due to a lack of electricity. Uh, we were in the dark for months. Uh, we didn't get our electricity back until Thanksgiving. We were lucky. Uh, we were one of the first neighborhoods in our municipality that actually got power back. I had friends that didn't get power back until March of 2018. Um, so think about that for a second. You don't have any any way to wash your dishes, any way to do your laundry, any way to fucking, you know, you don't have any of that. You don't have power for almost, you know, half a year, three quarters of a year. Um, there was lack of access to clean water and food because we had a lack of access to electricity. All the power poles were snapped. We had Cat 5 hurricane conditions throughout the entire island. We were a direct hit. The eye wall went over where I was staying. It went over our house. It it looked like a bomb went off. Um it, it really looked like someone dropped a nuke on us. It was fucking terrible. Um, but there were no power lines. They were all broken. Um, so, you know, you don't have filtration systems. You don't have water service because there's no pumps powering the water to the houses. Um, 
there were people in parts of the island that were using old empty bleach bottles to transport water from broken fire hydrants back to their homes to consume and make food with. There was no sanitation. There was no heat. There was no way to boil that water to make sure that it was safe. They didn't have a filter. They didn't have tablets. People weren't planning for this storm to be as big as it was. It went from a nothing cat five to a cat five in a day. It went from a tropical storm to a category five hurricane in the span of less than 24 hours. Um, We were all caught off guard. And the people that suffered the most were the people that didn't have the money to make sure that they were okay. And there were a lot of those people on that island. I know people that lost their homes. They lost everything. Um, I know people that couldn't afford insurance because it's expensive. And we're going to talk, I'm going to talk more about that here in a little bit. But like, I know people that didn't have insurance on their home. And because it was on a family plot with an insured home, they're like, no, you're a squatter. We're not going to cover your house or your belongings. Sorry, you don't have anything anymore. That happened to a lot of people. Um, Like, we didn't have power. So like, a lot of people got sick. If you had a dialysis machine... You didn't have anything to plug it into. Sorry. Uh, you had you had a surgery coming up to have something, you know, really important done for like your heart or whatever. Sorry. There's no fucking power. Hospital. Like there's this. The, so Puerto Rico has it's an archipelago. There's multiple islands. Um, there's a side island to the east called Vieques. Vieques hasn't had a hospital since Maria. Maria destroyed their hospital. Vieques hasn't had a fucking hospital for five years. Think about that. An entire island of people that are cut off from the rest of civilization haven't had a fucking hospital for five years. This is happening right now in the United States. Puerto Rico is very much its own place. It should be its own country, but they are very much United States citizens. And you should very much give a fuck about this if you're listening right now. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to get animated. I'm going to get pissed about things like there's a lot of things that happened very wrong after the situation. And I'm not saying that Fiona is going to be exactly the same, but this is what happened for this is what my life was like personally. So I know that this is happening for certain people on the island right now. Like we were lucky. We had a generator. We had a cistern. We were good. Um, But we didn't have power. And, you know, so people are dying. And again, people are dying and you don't have power. So what are your morgue fridges doing? They're turning into hot boxes for dead bodies. The, there were entire hospitals that had to close because of corpse, corpse stench. Um, there were so many bodies after Maria that they had to get refrigerated trucks with semi-trailers on the front. And they put bodies in those. And guess what? We had a, we had a gasoline and a diesel shortage after Maria because boats weren't getting here fast enough with enough shit for us. Those stopped working too. And then there were trucks full of dead bodies. Like all of these people that died, this horrible fucking death didn't even get a fucking proper burial. They fucking rotted in morgues and in fucking semi-trailers. What kind of dignity is that? That happened to fucking U.S. citizens. That happened to people that I that happened to people who knew people that I know. Like I didn't know anybody that we didn't lose anybody close during Maria. But I know people that did. And if that happened to someone that you knew, you'd be fucking pissed. Like it's it's so beyond the pale what happened like there were hospitals that were destroyed hospitals had to close um we we had to wait hours for for gasoline and diesel to power our cars and to power our our fucking generators we had a diesel generator phil and i waited one afternoon for four hours in a parking lot to get 30 gallons of diesel oh we also had a record heat wave after maria it was 95 degrees for a week and a half after we didn't have air conditioning because we have any fucking power um I did some relief work after the storm and the shit I saw would 
break your fucking heart because it broke mine. Um, that shit really changed me. There's nothing like seeing other people that already didn't have anything that fucking lost everything. They literally had nothing. Um, we were left to die by the, the current and by the administration at the time. It's not the current administration, but the previous one, they, they didn't give a fuck about us. He came to the island through paper towels at people that survived a storm that almost killed them and then told us we fucked up the budget. When I say the words fuck Donald Trump, I mean that from the bottom of my cold, dead heart. Fuck that guy. He left us to die. He left me to die. That guy belongs in a fucking jail cell for crimes against like humans. He 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 should be brought up on humanitarian offenses on top of all the other fucking shit he should be in prison for. Fuck him. And fuck the local government, too. Like... It was it was so bad. Um, and I'm going to talk about the government because that's a whole other thing here in a second. But like we worked with World Central Kitchen somehow through some divine intervention, like the cosmos hooked us up with Chef Jose Andres. If you don't know who that is, look up the documentary called We Feed People. Um, we showed up to him and we were like, yo, we've got three or four vehicles that are empty and we've got 12 people. Give us something to do. And he's like, all right, here's a bunch of food. Take these to neighborhoods that, you know, people need help. And we went all over that fucking island with food. Um, the f one of the first places we went to was in Toa Baja, and they got hit really hard again this time. Um, they told us that FEMA was a rare sight. Like, when we would go places weeks after the storm, people are like, are you FEMA? Are you government? And it's like, no, we're Puerto Ricans. We live here, too. And they're like, we haven't seen anybody from FEMA. There were people there, but there weren't enough people. Everybody had a fucking insurance claim. Everybody had some sort of damage. Like, nobody got off on this scot-free. Everybody had shit. Um, we went to a nursing home in Yabucoa, and that was where Maria made landfall first on the island. And these people lived, in a, they live in a nursing home that's like eight or ten stories tall. So it has an elevator through the middle of it. Um, they told us the storm surge was so so fucking deep after Maria that it went up to the middle of the second floor of the nursing home. Um, we're talking about old people and they were, they were fucking being treated like that. Um, so then after everything cleared out and you got everything cleaned up and all that stuff, you still don't have power. There were people in that nursing home that were stuck in their rooms for months because they couldn't get down the stairs because they were mobilized. Like, again, what kind of fucking dignity is that? That's not humane. No. That's happening to fucking American citizens. Do they want to be American citizens? That's completely up to them. I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not a Bariqua. I don't get a stance on that. But I have a lot of friends that do have opinions, and I would be happy to point you in their direction if you would like to know more. Um, a couple of days after we went to that nursing home, we went to a shelter in Ponce. And when I say that the government left us to die, I fucking mean it. And this is where I mean it. When we showed up in Ponce, the shelter was full. And we showed up with paella and we had fucking water. We had everything. We had snacks. We had chips. We had all the stuff. We had ice. Ice. I'd never seen people cry because they were so happy to see ice before. Um, but we went to this, this shelter and the people that day were like, oh, all we got for all we got for today was crackers and cheese. I was like, oh, is that all that's for lunch? And they're like, no, that's all we're getting today. A pack of crackers and some fucking cheese was all those people got that day. They just about got wiped off the face of the fucking planet and we can't even scrape together a fucking proper meal for them. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, That's... we went to Rincon, which is on the west side of the island. And we went to we went to a lot of neighborhoods where I otherwise would not have been allowed in. Um, we, like, 
old people would cry. We used to find we I would find as many solo cups as I could and I would buy them because I would take them home at the end of the day, fill them up with ice, put them in my freezer as much of them as I could and then put those ice cubes in baggies because we'd run our we'd run our stuff at night um mm-hmm. so we could freeze ice with the generator and we would take baggies of ice to old people because they had no relief from the heat otherwise. And these people I had never seen people cry over goddamn ice cubes. Like you don't understand how fucking low you are in your life when something happens like that and you're just you're so thankful for something so trivial and so small that you take for granted every fucking day of your life um speaking of neighborhoods i know business being in uh i don't remember what part of the island we were in i think we were just off the metro of san juan but there was a neighborhood that we went into where they're like you have to go in with all your windows down don't pull out your phones don't talk to anybody it's a it's a narco mm-hmm. neighborhood. It's a hot zone. It's a it's a punto. Um, it's you know, hood stuff. Uh, and if you don't know about that, that's cool. But you know, so we went in, and people were very skeptical of us at first. Uh, Phil and I were two of like three or four white people that were there. The rest of them were Puerto Rican, like native Puerto Ricans. Um, but like they they didn't want to talk to us at first, and they we're like, no, we have food. I was like, tengo comida. And they were like, okay. And like, I, we had cheese sandwiches and we had so many cheese sandwiches. That place was our last stop that day. We were literally taking, I was taking five or six stacks of cheese sandwiches and like handing them to people in their cars. I'm like, here, take these home, like go. And they're like, are you sure? Is there a limit? And I'm like, no, how many do you want? We were literally just shoveling sandwiches and cars. Cause they were just like, word gets out fast. Hey, there's people here. Hey, there's food. Come get stuff. And, um, when you see all the success stories that came out of Puerto Rico after Maria, it wasn't the government. That was the fucking Puerto Ricans that did that. And the same fucking thing is going to be for Fiona. When you see shit of the local Puerto Rican government taking credit for, you know, helping people. Nah, that's all a fucking show. Um, But like I said, if you've seen the reports lately, you know that Puerto Rico was hit with another hurricane recently. Fiona hit. Thankfully, it wasn't direct for the whole island, but there was a lot more rain for certain parts of the island. There's a part of the central uh, area that got 24 to 30 inches. Um, I don't know if you know what three feet of rain looks like, but it's a lot. Um, the, the Puerto Rican government's corrupt as fuck. That's not my opinion. Uh, you can see the Ricky Rosseo telegram scandal. Wanda Vasquez and her crew have been investigated by the FBI. And aside from selling his home and his people to the U.S., we don't even know what shady shit the new guy's up to right now. Um but like the Puerto Rican government, they purposely didn't fix the power grid for five years after Maria. They uh, they brought in a private energy company called Luma last year and Luma swore they weren't going to change the energy rates. It now is 33 cents per kilowatt hour to have power in Puerto Rico. You're telling me that they're not pushing the fucking locals off the island? I don't believe you. They're currently using disasters to push locals away from their home. Um, Luma took over the island's power grid. It's been shit. It goes down like every day somewhere on the island. They've raised rates several times in the last. Well, weren't you telling me that it's like the power grids essentially just been like wiped out and the yeah. poles are like coming out of the ground? Yeah. yeah, there's so much water that the the footings of the power poles were coming up. Um, it, it was paperclip and bubblegum together after Maria, and then it took another big hit and it wasn't ready. Uh, Thankfully, you know, it wasn't direct. So like the whole island isn't fucked, but there are lots of places that are. There is a city in PR called, uh, it's a municipality. It's called Utuado. They have one bridge. They're in the mountains. That one bridge gives them access to the rest of the world. It washed out during Maria. It took two years to replace it. And guess what? It washed out last week. They are cut off from the world again. That's a fucking problem. 
and this is all done on purpose. And I'm about to get very, very, very political here. And uh, we're going to talk about some shit. So per a study released in 2020, 6% of the rental homes in Puerto Rico were Airbnbs. That number has since grown since the pandemic started. Um, my friends can't find apartments because they've all been sold to colonizers that want to make a buck on investment properties because they don't think they already have enough fucking money. Um, the founding fathers of Bitcoin live in Puerto Rico. Uh, his name's Brock Pierce. If we really want to call him out, I have no problem calling him out. Brock Pierce lives in Puerto Rico. He bought the only children's museum in Old San Juan to turn it into some fucking stupid NFT gallery or a hotel. I don't remember. Um, but he is urging people to come to the island. Logan Paul. He fucking came to the island. Well, we get 0% tax rate, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're making it expensive for the locals to fucking live in the only place they've ever known, you assholes. Like, they're buying up as much available housing as they can, pushing locals away, making the housing market hella competitive and crazy expensive. I'm tired of seeing my friends have to leave a place that that's the only place they've ever known. They are Bariqua fucking Barikra to the core. And I can't roll my R's right now because my mouth is dry. Um, but every Spanish speaker knows my plight there. Um, pero they don't, they don't, why? Why are you making them leave? Just because you want to live there? We haven't taken enough from other people that you need to fucking keep taking more. Like, yeah. I would also like to move back there. I consider it my home. I consider myself Puerto Rican after all the fucking shit that I've gone through with those people in that place. I consider myself Puerto Rican. I am not a Bariqua. I am not a native, but I am a fucking Puerto Rican. And if you want to fight me on that, I'm happy to. Um, but I want to move back. I want to fucking go home. And I can't because of these motherfuckers. So what do we do? We fucking put social pressure on them. Get up their asses on Twitter. Fucking write your representative and ask for them to give Puerto Rico a chance to determine their own fucking status as either a state or as their own fucking country. Give them the choice to be their own fucking people and actually listen to it. That's what we can do. And if you want to know about how to donate to help Puerto Ricans, I am happy to give that information out. You can follow me on any of my social medias. I've been blasting all of that. I'll put links for all the show notes, all of the shit that all the claims I made, they're backed up. I'm not that kind of person. I'll put all the receipts on our show notes meatheadtestkitchen.com. TLDR, Puerto Rico needs our help. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, we talk a lot about taking care of your brain muscle here on MTK, and we would like to talk a little bit more about how BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, can help you if you're looking for counseling online. It's super convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. It's amazing. I've signed up for it myself. Um, I think that it's super important, especially given the things that we've all had to deal with in the last year to address some of your issues if you're having some. Um, and BetterHelp can definitely assist you with that. Um, you can log on to your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. You get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. No one likes those. Um, waiting for traditional therapy. BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if the one that you found just isn't working out for you. Uh, we've talked about that before too. Finding the right counselor that fits for you to be comfortable with, to talk to, um, and talk through some things, it's super important. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is also available. BetterHelp wants to help you start living a happier life 
today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. That's www.betterhelp.com slash reviews. And today you can visit betterhelp.com. That's H-E-L-P slash M-T-K. Um, and you'll get a special offer just by being a listener of Meathead Test Kitchen. You get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash M-T-K. So if you're in need of a counselor and are seeking professional help, please check out BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P dot com slash M-T-K and get 10% off of your first month today. Yeah. Um, I would say that um, if you, like, you haven't seen this. I saw a friend of mine post the other day, like, about Puerto Rico. It's like Puerto Rico is having a, a national crisis and all you have heard about on the news is the queen passing yep. away um, and how life. backwards and, and ridiculous that is when <laughs> people are dying. Yes. In their homes. Um, yeah. But if you yeah. want, if you're not currently already following Sadie, make sure that you do. Um, because I know personally, I, I haven't didn't contribute much to the Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico conversation only because Sadie has all the information and I actually learn a lot from her. Um, so I took that opportunity just to listen to, to what she had to say. Um, you're going to feel guilty when you learn about it. It's okay. We didn't do it. It's not our fault. It's our fault that we're letting it perpetuate now, but it's not our fault that it happened a hundred years ago. Right. Right. For sure. That's something really important to keep in mind because people get really defensive when I bring it up. Like, I'm not blaming you for being a fucking American. I'm also a fucking Mm -hmm. American. Like I get it. Uh, but I've also been the colonized at the same point and it fucking sucks and we need to stop doing it. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely have resources for all of this information in the show notes. Again, that's at meatheadtestkitchen.com. Um, if you're looking for ways to, to help or donate, whether that's monetarily or just goods or, or just a way to help, um, reach out to Sadie on, um, social, um, don't You're, donate to like the Red Cross, please. Don't donate to national organizations. Don't donate to the Puerto Rican government because they'll skim. They hid supplies from us after Maria. So we don't trust them to do the right thing ever. Um, yeah. There are a lot of good local grassroots organizations that are out there. And yeah, find me on social media. Um, I meet Head Sadie everywhere. Sasha's meet Head Sasha everywhere. S-A-U-S-H-A. Meathead Test Kitchen on all the socials. Thanks for listening to me soapbox about something that's really fucking important and awkward to talk about sometimes. I appreciate you. Um, thank you for finding the bravery today to talk about it. Um, it was time. It was time. I That's what, like, you know, we started the, <laughs> we had this conversation the other night and I was like, hey, I know this is weighing on you. Um, I th- have been wanting to talk, uh, do an episode on PTSD for a while. Um, and so, you know, with everything going on, um, thank you for, for listening to us. And, and if you need, again, any resources, if you want to be pointed in the right direction to, to help Puerto Ricans or you need mental health resources, make sure that you send us a message at hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com or at meatheadtestkitchen everywhere except for Twitter where MTK staff. We love you. Thank you. Be nice to each other. God damn it. Meathead Test Kitchen. Join Sadie and Sasha. Every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Huda Media Production.